In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, absolve your people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon ourselves, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 23rd Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Proverbs, the 8th chapter. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. This is the word of the Lord. You have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, the third chapter. Brethren, join in following my example, and note that those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. And they sent him to their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. 
Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Who trusts in God a strong abode, in heaven and earth possesses, who looks in love to Christ above, no fear that heart oppresses, in you alone, dear Lord, we own sweet hope and consolation. Our shield from foes, our balm for woes, our great and sure salvation. Though Satan's wrath beset our path and worldly scorn assail us, while you are near we shall not fear, your strength will never fail. 
rod and staff will keep us safe and guide our steps forever. No shades of death nor hell beneath our lives from you will sever. In all the strife of mortal life, our feet will stand securely. Temptations are will lose its power, for you will guard us surely. O God, renew with heavenly dew our body, soul, and spirit until we stand at your right hand through Jesus' saving merit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus perceived the wickedness of the Pharisees and Herodians and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. This is the word of the Lord. The unholy alliance between Pharisees, the religious leaders, and the Herodians, the secular overlords with ruling authority, is the definition of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And ironically enough, these two parties are united by Jesus. Though where the church is united in its love of him, the Pharisees and the Herodians are united in their hatred of Jesus. Such is always the way of those who reject Christ. No matter what it is they do believe, they build their home upon the sand of common hatred and the rejection of Christ and of his gospel. The children of the world always hate Jesus more than they love their own convictions, and certainly more than they hate their secular opponents. The question that the Pharisees and the Herodians pose to Jesus is one of money, and it is, in fact, quite a smart question about money. It ought to be smart, for it comes from the wisest, and it is meant to trap Jesus and eliminate in one way or another the problem that he presents. They ask him, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? If he says it is lawful, Jesus will lose his popularity with the people, 
who hate Caesar and his taxes. If he says it is not lawful, Jesus will be considered a revolutionary and, re and a rebel by the secular authorities and be put to death for insurrection. Yet the question, no matter how crafty it may be, is destined to fail as a trap. You cannot outmaneuver the master. You cannot be wiser than wisdom. The answer Jesus gives to the Pharisees and the Herodians is not one of money, as was their question, but in fact one of love. He speaks those famous words, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Yet behind the words is a deeper question. What do you love? And how do you show your love? Everything with Jesus is about relationship. The scriptures are relationship. The law is the terms of the relationship. The gospel is the action of the relationship. God is the love of the relationship. He loves you. But what do you love? If it is yourself that you love, then money is your greatest friend and your primary concern. It is for this reason that Jesus says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This, of course, does not mean that if you have wealth, you cannot enter paradise. After all, how much sense would it make for the God who made you and who gave you all that you have, including whatever wealth you do possess, to then shame you for the blessing that he himself provided. It is the love of money, confusing the gift for the giver, that proves problematic. St. Paul thus writes to St. Timothy, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Why is money so important to the man who loves himself? Because money makes you independent. This is part of what the money question posed to Jesus is addressing. Freedom, independence, liberty, all because of money. Taxes by Caesar are an invasion, theft even. They are a tyranny of finances. If paying taxes to Caesar or Uncle Sam is declared not lawful, you get your money and you get to do with it what you want to buy your comforts, to buy your goods, to buy your tobacco, to buy your alcohol, to buy your guns, to buy your house and your boat and your land and your bronco and this and that and only yours and all you and everything with nobody and no fingers 
dipping into the pot. If you love yourself, then you must love money first and foremost of all earthly goods. For money will buy you everything that will satisfy you. And yet even so, no amount of money can purchase anything of value. For everything it can purchase still rots away or is eaten by rust and moths, and it cannot save you. Joy, hope, love, none of these are commodities. None of these can be purchased. Truly, the saint who dies a pauper's death can better confess the blessings of the Lord than can the rich man in the mansion on the hill. Lazarus the beggar sits down at Abraham's bosom, while Dives, the rich man, receives the end he bought with coin from the very beginning. But the issue is not that Dives has money and Lazarus doesn't. Ananias and Sapphira are struck dead by the Holy Spirit when they withhold money from the apostles and from the early church. But the issue is not that they cheat the church. The issue is not whether paying taxes is right or wrong. The issue is a matter of love. Many walk, says St. Paul, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. If God is who you love, money becomes nothing greater or lesser than any other gift of creation. Money becomes another tool to be used for the benefit of others so that Christians may, as the Acts of the Apostles so describes, have all things in common. And if Caesar wants to take from you what he determines is his cut, give it to him. What are denarii or dead presidents to God? What does God care for the image and inscription of men? The Pharisees answer this themselves. For they say to Jesus, you do not regard the person of men. True. And neither does he regard their coin. If God is who you love, then you also recognize two things. The first is that whatever money you have is God's, not yours. You entered this pilgrimage of life with nothing, and you will leave with nothing. Everything in between is what you have on loan from above. It is not yours to do with as you see fit, but God's for you to do as he has asked. The second is that all earthly authority is God's authority. Therefore, when the taxman cometh, give him that for which he asks, because it is not him doing the asking. It is God, and he comes asking only for what is his. 
The coin may bear Caesar's image and inscription, and it may symbolize his power, but as Jesus says to Pilate, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. What do you love? God, of course. But why? Because he has loved you. Because he has purchased and won you, not with gold or silver, not with money, but with blood. Because he has made you his. But how do you show this love for God? In the most simple terms, and in those terms most related to the gospel, you pay your taxes with a smile, not a grumble, because you know that you're not losing anything by doing so. And then, after you pay your taxes, you come to church, and you pray for the government that took your tax money, and you receive the loving touch of Jesus, and you learn to love both him and your neighbor more deeply. And then you learn where your true riches are. And they don't live in your wallet. In short, you learn to live a more fulfilled life measured by what Jesus can do with you, not by the size of your bank account or by the size of the bite big brother wants to take out of it. Money is cheap, and it always has been. But you, dear children, now you were not. And in Christ, you have only appreciated in value. For your value is in Christ, and your citizenship is in heaven. You are made much like the coin for the tax. You are poured into a mold, conformed to a standard, that of Christ. You are made in the image and likeness of God, far exceeding any Caesar that was, is, or ever shall be. And you are stamped with a holy inscription from the cross. You are God's. And what then is the value of a coin or a dollar for the tax? Absolutely nothing, if it is given with grumbling because you must, not even if that money goes to a good cause. But when rendered to Caesar as Caesar's, in the fear, the love, and in the trust of the God who appointed Caesar, it is priceless, because it is the infinite value of the heart and blood of Jesus, and that belongs solely to God. So if the world wants your money, let it have it. Only give yourselves to God, to love and to be loved. Amen.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit to preserve the Church, his own creation, for defense against all heresies and schisms, for peace and unity, for strength of faith, resolve of will, and boldness of confession among all Christians, for a right desire for purity and sanctity, for Christ to dwell in every home by prayer, and for an increase in devotion among the saints of God, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the church, they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world. For all bishops and pastors, that they would remain steadfast in their callings. For an increase of laborers to send into the harvest, and for the strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For all who suffer for the sake of the gospel, that the body of Christ, yet separated by land and sea, may remain united in fasting, prayer, and devotion, let us pray to the Lord. For a spirit of love and charity to abound within this nation, for prosperity and peace, for an end to all sedition, rebellion, hatred, and scorn, for wisdom to all who rule, especially to Joseph, our president, and Michael, our governor, that they may lead in honesty for the betterment of our people, for truth and justice, for the defense of the innocent, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife, for an end to all war and bloodshed, especially in Israel and Ukraine, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright and blessing to the meek, and for repentance and grace to our persecutors, slanderers, and enemies, let us pray to the Lord. For mercy to the sinful, provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, for the Comforter to heal the downtrodden, to raise up the brokenhearted, to embrace all victims of violence, suffering, and disaster, to give joy to the depressed, and to grant peace to the anxious, let us pray to the Lord. For the defense of the innocent and the just, for our youth, that their learning may be safeguarded from the blasphemy of worldliness, and for all teachers, that they may be encouraged in all right endeavors to educate the youth in all truth, with all integrity, and against all falsehood. And for the protection and preservation of them all, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, our good physician, for the hands of Christ's healing work, all doctors, nurses, surgeons, emergency responders, and all other medical professionals, for all who suffer ailments of body or soul, especially Shannon, Gail, Wilma, Jeremy, and Eddie, for those near death, for comfort to those who mourn, and for peace to all who have departed in the faith in the eager expectation of the resurrection of the body, let us pray to the Lord. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, 
which you have caused to dwell within our hearts, and for the knowledge of faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus your servant. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. From the four winds gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 